Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. This is Sarah. This is Katie. Aw, we're back. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that you all had a lovely week and that you enjoyed the large Satan dingling meme that I posted last week. That was a fun one. (laughs) You were literally just reading my mind. I was about to say, I hope everyone enjoyed that Satan slash devil slash Lucifer really big (laughs) wang. It was a big willy, willy wang on a wagon. Willy on a wagon. The willy on the wagon. Yeah, that was was something. But yeah, welcome back. (laughs) Um. I have an announcement. We have a new patron. Ooh. A big welcome to Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for joining us over on Patreon. Hello, Nicole, and welcome. Um, we just recorded um, a little special episode for our lovely patrons, so go check it out and enjoy your content, and thanks uh-huh. for subscribing. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else? What else do we have to take care of in our opening announcements, our opening exercises? I don't think we... Do we have anything else? No, not that I know of. I mean, we can just jump in because this is sort of a doozy of an episode. This is like (laughs) one of like the big, you know, the big stories, the big, big things in not only Mormonism, but Christianity as well. So it is. And it made me think like... Just when we were like, or I was thinking like, what other topic can we do next? Katie suggested this one. And then I thought, oh my God, if we go down that route, we have so many more episodes we can do on different topics that are like this. (laughs) So many. So as you probably know, because you clicked on the episode, this week we're talking about Noah and the Ark and the Flood. (laughs) and I just have to say before we get into it it's batshit crazy that I used to believe that that really happened Mm -hmm. and I remember telling Greg I think it was when we were in Georgia either this last time or the time before and there was like a rainbow and he was like oh look a rainbow and I was like that's God's promise to the world that he'll never flood it again and he was like what and then I had to explain that I literally used to believe in that for a long time. And it's uh, yeah. so wild, you guys. When I was looking into things for this episode, I was baffled at how I believed this and how people still believe this. I'm like, how? <laughs> but how? we'll get into it. We'll get yeah. into it. So what I did, dear listeners, is I went to the church's website, churchofjesuschrist.org. Oh, I searched uh, in their search bar for Noah, Noah's Ark, and this was their like excerpt that they had written on their website explaining exactly what they believe about Noah and the Ark and the Flood. So I have their exact words here that... I'm going to read, we're going to react to, and then Sarah has a very fun article I'm excited to hear uh, at the end about. Ooh. Yeah. And <laughs> I just want to say too, when I, so when I look for these topics, I find it really interesting instead of going directly to the church's website, I just use Google search and I do like, for example, Noah's Ark LDS. 
Mm-hmm. And then it's like has all the videos too, which is really creepy because it has like primary songs. It has like primary Ugh. lessons. It had like Sunday school lessons. It had mm-hmm. young women lessons, like all these like really creepy brainwashing next level shit. Yeah, I I remember very clearly even. Oh, God, it's so, so awful to say, but I liked this story as a kid because there were animals involved. And that's like fun as a kid. You're like, oh, look at like the cartoon animals on the flashcard. And uh, uh, yeah, (laughs) I remember that. I would do that. And it's like, how is that even possible? How, like, how could he get? (laughs) Oh, oh, girl, we're going to get into animals. For every single fucking species on this earth into one boat. Sarah, you just need to have faith. I don't know why you just won't have faith. I'm so not righteous. Wait, Sarah, have you actually read the Book of Mormon? Have you read the Bible? Maybe you just need to go read it. Is that like a coffee table book? (laughs) All right, so let's begin. Um, Okay, so it says, Noah lived at a time when the people on the earth were very wicked. (laughs) That's how it always begins. Oh, God. The people of the world are always wicked. And can I just interject here? And the first thing I want to say, Noah was apparently 600 years old when this (laughs) happened. What? I don't remember that part of the story. Supposedly, he lived till he was 900 and something. They believe that is actually real, you guys. So let's just start on that basis. (laughs) So wait, how come he had this, like, special power of never aging? Like, what the fuck, Celestial Jesus? Why did he get that and no one else? I, who, (laughs) Sarah, I don't have Logic, Katie, why does logic (laughs) never exist in religion? It just doesn't. All right. Their minds were constantly filled with violent, evil thoughts, and they did many terrible things. So what do you think those terrible things were like showing their shoulders? What's next? Um, I think it was drinking the hot drinks. The hot drinks. They showed their shoulders, and that just led to everyone having orgies, and that was just terrible. And And they used God's name in vain. That also (laughs) happened. The God was, yeah, he was was ticked off. Okay, in spite of the wickedness around him, Noah was a righteous young man. <laughs> young man? He was 600. He was like 600 years old. Uh-uh. <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. Um, he was ordained to the priesthood by his grandfather and was called by the Lord to teach the gospel. So apparently, yeah, he was ordained to the priesthood, called by the Lord to teach the gospel. But back then, those garments didn't exist. So, mm. so that, that's a big hole in the story. <laughs> that's the, the little, only one so far. The that's only the one. Hole. That's the only thing that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, the Lord told him, my spirit shall not always strive with man. If men do not repent, I will send in the floods upon them. Doesn't Noah just sound like he was real fun at parties? Yeah, he sounds like, like a he, bundle of fun. He's the guy that's like, God spoke to me and only me, and he told me that he's going to kill you. I'm the righteous one. You all suck. God's going to drown you. <laughs> he's like the one upper at the party. Someone's like, yeah, I actually got a job promotion. And then Noah's like, yeah, you know what? God speaks to me and <laughs> told me that I was going to get a job promotion and build an ark. So, yeah. Mm. So, mm. 
And believe me that I'm not just, you know, having these delusions in my head. I actually am talking to God. So, yeah. I talk to him now. I'm actually on the phone with him right now as we talk. (laughs) Got him on speed dial. (laughs) Um, Noah knew that people did not want to be told they were unrighteous, but he obeyed the Lord and called the people to repentance. I just picture this like... The people that you see on the street corners, like shouting at you about how you're sinners and you're going to hell. It's like, yes. of course, people don't like it. It's so awkward. And you look kind of cuckoo bananas. I'm like, nope. <laughs> and they're always so aggressive, I find. Yeah. And that was just apparently what Noah was this 600 year old dude, like yelling at people about how they're sinners. I wonder if he used essential oils. Maybe that's why he lives so long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I just choked a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, he was the original Gary Young. (laughs) I wonder if he has, like, a diffuser in his arc, and that's what made him (gasps) live long. You know what? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... The people laughed and scorned Noah. They did not want to repent, and they did not believe that they could be destroyed by a flood. I mean, I would laugh as well if I was in the middle of the desert and some cranky old dude started yelling at me about God wanting to drown me. It's like, fuck off, old man. I'm doing my thing. It's like, (laughs) fuck off, but also tell me where you got that good stuff, because clearly you're on a great high that I want to be a part of. Which MLM do I have to join to get whatever you're on? Speaking of which, I know this is so off topic, but we've been rewatching The Office. And that episode where Michael is like trying to tell them about the pyramid scheme. And they're like, it's a pyramid scheme. And he's like, no, 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 it's not. And he like actually makes, yeah, they actually makes a pyramid on the whiteboard. It's so classic. Oh my God. God. So good. Okay. Noah did not want the people to be destroyed. Many of them were friends and relatives that he loved. So he continued his preaching saying, hearken and give heed unto my words, believe and repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of God, even as our fathers and ye shall shall receive the Holy ghost that ye shall have all things made manifest. And if ye do not this, the floods will come in upon you. I mean, imagine someone saying that to you. I would have already checked out of the first two words. Yeah. I'd have been like, it, uh, yeah. It sounds like my unhinged Mormon relative on Facebook that's <laughs> like, I love you, but you're going to hell. I'm just telling nope. you this because I love you. <laughs> or the ones who, like, I definitely have this on my social media where there, it's like, America's going to hell and it's all going to mm-hmm. go downhill mm-hmm. because you're allowing you know, the gays to marry (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. You just kind of like roll your eyes and you're like, okay, Aunt Kathy, like (laughs) I'm I'm hiding you now. Like, I don't want to see this shit. (laughs) You've been muted. I love that function. I'm just like mute, mute you all. Can't Uh deal with this shit. (laughs) A hundred percent. All right. For 100 years, Noah warned the people to repent, but they made fun of Noah and refused to believe. 100 years he was doing that. Really? That sounds tiring. (laughs) He must have been doing the oils and Zango at the same time. Because, I mean, that's impressive. He has a lot of energy. 
Yeah, he's 700 years old and he's every day out there screaming at people about needing to repent. Like, wow, I'm, yeah. (laughs) Um, The people became more wicked. How much more (laughs) wicked could you become? I mean, how do you become more wicked? I think you're either just wicked or not. Like, how are you wickeder? And you know that wicked in the Bible probably means that they're like gay or something. Oh, of or that, course. So something, or that they're just women existing, you know. Women existing or women having sex and it's like wicked bitches, you know. It us. Hi. It, it's me. Hi. That's that's me. Um, okay. In those days, there were giants on the earth and they sought to take away Noah's life. But the power of the Lord was upon Noah so that no harm came upon him. I shit you not. That's right from the, the website. They Giants are in this story, like just as Giants? if it's a normal thing. <laughs> what the actual fuck, you guys? I believed in this. I didn't know they had giants. Yeah, they had giants, <sighs> you guys. And I, it's not just like a really large built person like LeBron James. It's like jacking the beanstalk giant. <laughs> that's mint. I cannot believe. I never knew that. And that's insane. How could anyone literally believe in this story? We like did. I can see it being like a metaphor or an extended exactly. allegory, but like right. that's insane. It's so wild that this is on their website and people just can read this and like share this in church meetings and people aren't just giggling like what the fuck. Um, okay, finally, the time came when there were only eight righteous people on the earth: Noah, <laughs> his wife, his sons. And their wives. Isn't that fucking convenient for their family? That is so convenient. (laughs) God said unto Noah, Behold, I will destroy all flesh from off the earth. Okay. Okay. Dramatic. The Lord had given the people... Yeah. The Lord had given the people many years to repent. He had warned them through his faithful prophet Noah, but their time to repent was coming to an end. What a loving God is this? Like, this asshole of a God is supposed to be the guy we were told to, like, strive to meet again in the celestial kingdom. Someone that's, like, so petty that they'll just drown you for not, quote unquote, repenting. Yeah. And also maybe get a messenger who's not fucking 700 years old (laughs) and appears crazy, you know? Like, maybe get someone who has a bit more credibility yeah, and you can't, like, how do you read this and go, like, they literally say there's only eight people, eight righteous people on the earth. There are children, there are babies. You're saying that those little babies oh, aren't, true. like, how does that work? Oh, my God, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's 100% true. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I know. It. Yeah. All right. The Lord instructed Noah. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Has to be gopher wood. Room. <laughs> okay. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. God told Noah to make three levels in the ark and to use pitch or tar inside and out to make it watertight. All right. This is where we start to get into the stuff that it's like, this is physically impossible like for one family to do it's I mean, just he, not possible he was 700 years young that's true that's true he had, magic <laughs> he had that, as, that essential oil well yeah. but here's the thing he, where he dows that all in the ark and that is how where would you get all that wood that is a massive amount of wood 
from like, Satan. <laughs> oh, Satan's blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> Satan's boner. He'll supply. <laughs> oh, that would be plenty oh. of wood for that arc. Plenty. But, yeah, it's just like, how do you even... Mm -mm. All right. Even though building such a large ark was going to be an enormous job, Noah did not doubt. He and his sons set to work building the ark according to God's instructions. It took a long time to build. Yeah, no shit. And Noah's friends and neighbors (laughs) laughed at him for building such a huge boat on dry ground. I'm just imagining, like, a neighbor of mine, like an old kind of, like, wily neighbor like spending all his free time in his front yard building a giant boat like sir do you realize we live in phoenix like it's a desert and that's where exactly is in a desert building a giant boat like of course they're gonna giggle at you right yeah like why would they not like who would be like oh right that makes sense yeah fair enough we all got we all should have one of those yeah yeah Um, Noah was not discouraged by the jeers of the wicked people. He trusted the Lord completely and was only concerned with doing the Lord's will. There's that like teaching of just like blindly obey, like just follow, follow, like don't worry if people are. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to the world. Listen to us. Yep. Finally, the ark was completed. It was about. 563 feet long, 94 feet wide, and 56 feet high. <laughs> they're I can't spouting even imagine these, it. They're spouting off these stats like as if they're actually real. Like they're so confident in the exact precise like measurement of this thing. And it didn't Have even... ever made like a um a digital mock-up of what the art would have been based off those measurements. I'm sure there's um I actually have in my notes like further down but there's a it's a museum called the Ark Encounter that Ooh. this like fundamentalist Christian guy made his name's Ken Ham and he's absolutely insane um but he made this to this exact like dimensions and uh filled it with like taxidermy animals <gasps> um claiming that this is like actually what it was and there's an incredible but infuriating video on YouTube you can go look it up where Bill Nye goes and tours it and he's just like baffled and pointing out how everything is just completely wrong and uh, all the Christians there and and that Ken Ham guy are just like (laughs) it's it's wild like they believe it so literally I think he even has a I'm pretty sure he even has a dinosaur. A replica no. on it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so yeah, oh, somebody's please. done it. I believe it's in Kentucky. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Lord was pleased with Noah. He told Noah to take into the ark seven of those birds and animals which were considered to be clean according to the Lord's dietary laws at that time. And he was also to take two of the animals that were classified as unclean, one male and one female. So like you were saying earlier, he's supposed to bring on a male and a female of every single species onto this ark. So stupid. I just can't. And they also, I like how they like skim over that weird part of the Bible where it says it's like a sin to eat shellfish because shellfish is unclean. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Mormon free. Jesus is like, no, it's okay now. You can eat shellfish. But 
you cannot have coffee. Yeah. That's where I draw swap the line. Them out. We swap them out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this, again, physically impossible. That many animals would not fit onto that boat. What about omnivores? They would eat the other animals. Yeah, that's what I always think. What about like every single insect in the world? What about birds? What, what about, about plants? Yes. Yeah. Like what about the, the plants? Like they wouldn't, if, if <laughs> during a flood, this epic, the plants would die and like the ecosystems would, it, it wouldn't come back for like millions of years. Same thing with like sea creatures, like yeah, supposedly survived the flood, but they couldn't have been on the boat and they couldn't have lived in the water because that's too salty if it's really raining that much. And also it's like, this is gross, but like if the story would would have would have been real, there's like all these other dead animals and people like rotting in the water. Exactly. And like, also, where would they empty out? Like where would people poo and Exactly. Like, like it just doesn't make any sense. You're telling me that eight people can care for like what millions of animals and that they're, they wouldn't die from, like, the poisonous air from all the poo. <laughs> yeah, and disease, like. Yeah. It just doesn't, ugh. So. It just seems God, like so much effort. Like, why wouldn't God just be like, right, here's this one mountain in the whole world where you should just go there with these animals until the flood goes away. And then you guys can come down from the mountain and voila. Yeah, but, and also, since God's so, like, miraculous and can do anything he wants, why couldn't he just, like, snap his fingers and, like, wipe out all of the wicked people? Why did he have to kill all the other animals? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why did why did water have to even be involved here? Like <laughs> Maybe he just felt like water that day. He was like, you know what? I'm feeling like a flood this time. I'm feeling We're like good. a thirsty, thirsty bitch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, God told Noah that the rains would come in seven days. Without delay, the animals, birds, and insects were loaded into the ark. Noah also followed the Lord's instructions to provide enough food and drinking water for his family and all the animals. I ask you, where the fuck would you have room for all the food and drinking water? How would the ark float with that much I mean, stuff? Also, it would be perishable food. It's not like they had processed canned yeah food back then so <laughs> it's like the mormon food storage <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah you're so right and then also the logistics of like how did he get two penguins how did he get two kangaroos just like hopping on over from australia to the middle east exactly. like exactly how would like, he have gathered all of the proper like food for all these different animals they all eat different things it's it's just baffling that <laughs> people think this was a literal thing. That I, I know. think that this literally happened. So bizarre. Exactly as God had said, in seven days it began to rain. Noah and his family went into the ark and the Lord shut them inside so that they would be safe from the flood. For, for 40 days and 40 nights, the rain poured down and covering the land and lifting the ark off the ground. Soon the water became so deep that it covered even the high mountains. All flesh died that move upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing and every man. Like, <sighs> this is just so absolutely, like, horrif horrific. Like, it's horrifically fucked up, if you think about it. It's like every little innocent animal, like, 
every little child just like drowned like slowly drowned to death what horrible how can people read this and like want to worship this god yeah like how can i mean you don't even think about it on that level and it's just now that's like hitting me like oh as i'm petting my cat or yeah like a sweet little animals yeah yeah like how can you just kill them all after the 40-day rainfall the water stayed upon the earth for 150 days finally the lord made a wind pass over the earth and the water began to dry up oh (laughs) slush of jesus let out a big fart and then it just dried up (laughs) those farts are dry I, I forgot that's how like wind works, Sarah. It dries up water. It, that's how it works, Katie. What? It's not about the sun or the climate or the atmosphere. It's just you know a big gust of wind. And yeah, there's the wind, and the water will start to dry up. I mean, easy peasy. That's logic yep. for you. So when the waters had lowered, Noah and his family had been shut in the ark for over half a year. Two more months passed before the tops of the surrounding mountains could be seen. And 40 days later, Noah opened the window of the ark and sent forth a dove. They love they love the 40 number, like 40 days. Now, what is that with 40? Because also, wasn't know. it like Lehi and his family were in the wilderness for 40 days as well? Oh, and I think Moses wandered. In, when, yeah. Oh, Moses wandered for 40 years. Supposedly. That's right. Um, that bitch needs just, to get Google Maps because that's <laughs> big time. Um, but it's just this is just absolutely stupid. Like, how could anyone survive that long? Like you said, you wouldn't have food that long. Like, how did the wood of the ark not just like disintegrate? He didn't have like wood sealant from Home Depot. Like, <laughs> how would that even stay together? It's just not what big wooden boats that are you know, they're, they get wet. Something's going to happen. Anyway, it's just stupid. There's no way to logic this one at all. Because the water still covered most of the earth, the dove could not find a place to nest. It returned to the ark. Noah waited seven more days, then sent the dove out again. Once more it returned, but this time it had an olive leaf in its bill. Noah then knew the waters had left the land. Oh, for fuck's sake. So the olive tree survived. How would the olive tree have survived that? Yeah, I was literally just thinking that, like, how have I never missed that blatant <laughs> loophole and, like, pothole that was there? That, like, yeah. there's like, an olive branch, but obviously the tree would be dead. <laughs> All plants would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> and because the visual they show is not just the branch. It's always a branch with, the like, the leaves on it. Yeah. Ugh. After seven more days, he sent the dove out again, and this time it did not return. It had found a home in the newly cleansed earth <laughs> with, with no other doves to mate with because God had killed them all. Like, Yeah, how depressing. <laughs> uh, Noah and his family spent almost an entire year in the ark before Noah opened the cover and saw ground. Ew, I didn't ta- I'd be so stinky. In that would be nasty, like so, like full of disease, oh. like full of. Oh. Yeah. I, they waited almost two months more until the Lord told Noah that the land was dry enough to bring his family and all the animal animals forth from the ark. Yeah, as if you they know, would have survived. As if as those if animals would have survived. Any of them would have survived, and it's like 
it's like they would be so hungry, the lions would have eaten everyone. Also, can we touch on the incest aspect of this? Like, they're yeah. supposed to go out there and, like, repopulate the entire planet. Yeah. <laughs> Just from one family, that's, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that is another good point. Yeah. In gratitude, Noah built an altar unto the Lord. Thanks for this flood, Lord. He knew that he had been truly blessed. To show his gratitude, Noah sacrificed one of each of the clean animals and birds as an offering to the Lord. So, fun. You go through this traumatic and terrible ordeal, sitting in, like, piles of your own shit, probably, trying to not get eaten by tigers, and then you sacrifice those animals anyway? Like, you wasted all that food to keep them alive? What the actual fuck? Like, Um... In this sacred way, Noah thanked the Lord for saving him and his family and for preserving life on the earth. This just reminded me of like when people say like, thank you, Lord, for saving me from that car accident. But too bad other people get in car accidents. They're just not as righteous as me. They're just not as righteous as me. But also, okay, I have to go back to the animal sacrificing. Okay, please do. Then how would those animals survive if they didn't have the other partner? I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense, Katie. Why? And just the idea of killing animals just for God is so fucked up. Yeah. In prayer, Noah asked the Lord never to destroy the earth again with flood. Noah's prayer was answered. The Lord promised Noah that he would never again destroy the entire earth by flood. And from that time forth, the rainbow would be a symbol of that promise. <laughs> like you were saying. There's, but, there's that symbol. That's what I remember. But not anymore. It's the pride flag now and you can kindly fuck all the way off, asshole. <laughs> Heavenly Father. Yeah. We're, it's so much better now. So much better. So that was the entry on the church's website. And like, it, you know, like you can see, it's just absolutely awful and silly and stupid and crazy that people actually believe this. Like, there's no proof of any of this ever happening. And all of it is so absurd. Like, I just wonder, like, how it would be to have a conversation with a, a Mormon right now and to go through exactly what we just went through and yeah, them, what, how do they actually believe in this what would they say I feel like what they would have to resort to is I just have faith because you can't look at that any other way and think that it's like or what are they what would they say like oh maybe that me- meant something different at the time or whatever but most people most Mormons I think believe that it's actually real like that's how it's taught in Mormonism anyway that's just hey yeah very bizarre um okay well let's get into this fun article. yay I'm so excited for this article because I think Sarah told me just a little bit about it before we started and I think this is from like a Mormon perspective about maybe like defending some of these weird things right it is oh I'm so excited to see what they have to say (laughs) so it is from LDS living oh And it's an article that's under the column Latter-day Saint Life. Oh, my God. Okay. Its title is Five Answers to Difficult Questions About Noah and the Flood. I have way more than five questions, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
And it's by Stephen O. Smoot. I don't know why I wouldn't take <gasps> his last accent. Oh, my God. I've heard of this this guy. He's a Mormon apologist. Okay. Yes, yep. he is. And it was it was just published, like, yesterday. So, January 31st, 2022, 10 a.m. Wow. Wow. I know. Nice. It was like, Celestial Jesus knew we are going to be talking about this episode. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, okay. So he starts off, so there's a nice little visual. You get to see all the animals and the ark, and you're like, that's stupid, but let's keep going. <laughs> the um, the two lucky animals and all of the rest are just drowning. <laughs> God. So ridiculous. Okay, so the account of Noah's flood in Genesis 6 through 8 has long fascinated readers of the Hebrew Bible or the Christian Old Testament. A testament. Additionally, Latter-day Saints benefit from restored details of Noah and the flood contained in the Book of Moses in the Pearl of Great Price. <laughs> Thanks, J-Dog. Thanks, J-Dog. So Mormons, for those of you who didn't grow up Mormon, this is like another scripture that they use. And basically this guy is saying that like LDS people are more righteous and better and they have more details of Noah and the Ark. Speaking. Yeah, because didn't you know that they have the full knowledge of the gospel and other churches only have a little bit of truth? Just a wee bit. Yeah. Um, but there are still many questions about the flood that flood that readers of the Bible, Latter-day Saint or otherwise, have raised and grappled with. Here are five such questions that are worth pondering as one encounters this remarkable myth. And then it has an asterisk beside myth and then a parenthesis that says note. I use the word myth here not to mean a story that is false or made up. But in the academic sense of a sacred story involving God's interactions with humankind and the world that attempts to communicate timeless truths. Oh, but it is just a myth. Exactly. I was I was kind of like getting excited. I was like, oh, like, is this going to be one of those like much more progressive Mormons that is like, oh, yeah, it's just a metaphor or something. But nope. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And he even says the academic sense, like, please, there's nothing oh. academic about believing in Noah's Ark. Nothing. No. Also, sorry, the cat just jumped on the laptop. My bad. <laughs> okay. Question one. Why are there non-biblical flood traditions that parallel Genesis? Answer. With the rediscovery of the great civilizations of Mesopotamia, including Sumer, Babylonia, and Assyria, in the 19th century came a deluge of long-lost texts and myths. Surprisingly, this included a number of stories involving heroes surviving catastrophic floods. The epics of Gilgamesh and Athrahasis from the second millennium BC come immediately to mind. Scholars have pointed out the clear parallels between the, these earlier myths and the stories in Genesis, such as Noah's flood. Of yeah, course, they all like copy each other. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, like it's like the, even like the Christ birth story, like all other so many other cultures they have something similar like yeah, it's nothing new no they just like pass on these stories and they'll change slightly depending on which like culture or time period you're in like yeah exactly just because there's others that exist don't lend credence to this one actually being real <laughs> no no um so he says of course the exact relationship of these various stories remains debated Latter-day Saints scholar Hugh Nibley, so we have to say mm. it's a Latter-day Saint scholar, you guys, <laughs> for instance, theorized that these myths derived from the same earlier event but were transformed over time as they were handed down through generations. 
Other scholars argue for direct literary dependence between Genesis and the earlier Mesopotamian material. Whatever their relationship, scholars agree that the flood stories of Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, I don't know why I'm struggling with that word now, and the story of Noah's flood all participated in the same broader literary and mythic culture of the ancient Near East. Well, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of fluff. Yeah, it's it's. To me, they're using the argument. It's like similar to when Mormons try to defend the garment and they say other religions wear, quote unquote, sacred clothing, too. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's like actually, you know, (laughs) for a real purpose. Like it doesn't make the garments any less weird. It's the same thing here. It's like, well, just because there were other stories that were told like this doesn't mean that this is actually real. And it doesn't mean that it actually happened. Like how he was saying some, quote unquote, scholars think that. They all just came from some real event. Like, we all know that many myths have existed forever from about things that didn't actually happen. So Exactly. It's yeah. stupid. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Why do the number of animals that went into the ark vary in the Bible? Answer. Open any child's Bible picture book, and you'll likely see pairs of cute, lovable animals entering Noah's ark. Lions, giraffes, elephants, monkeys, camels, zebras, pandas, deer, etc. Male and female, two by two. This is based on God's commandment given to Noah in Genesis 6.19. I'm not going to read the scripture. It seems simple and logical enough. Noah should bring a male and a female pair of each kind of animal with him into the ark. But in the next chapter, the final, sorry, the number of animals God commands Noah to bring into the ark is different. He says, quote, of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. Genesis 7, 2-3. Here Noah is commanded to take seven pairs of clean animals and one pair of unclean animals. First of all, I just have to pause there. What the fuck is a clean and unclean animal? Like, I just. Yeah, that's like what we were talking about earlier, how like the Bible said, and I think it's Leviticus, they they say that like um, shellfish is unclean. Oh, and right. That like um, pigs, for example, are unclean. And so I guess, yeah, this is like saying, okay, so we had to take seven of the quote unquote clean ones and then just two each of the <laughs> unclean ones. It like <laughs> it's, it's just silly because he's not actually like answering the real question of like how many were there and how did they all fit. It's like, oh well, you know, God just said take seven clean ones. Like, what the fuck? How do you even <laughs> believe that? How do you even believe that God labeled certain animals clean and unclean in the first place? Oh well, I think he's gonna explain it because he's a oh, scholar. God. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. (laughs) He says, one way scholars account for this divergence is by postulating that the flood story in Genesis was composed by an author or redactor editor who wove together at least two different sources, whether oral or written, together into one flowing narrative. In one, Noah offered sacrifice and so needed more animals of the clean kind for sacrifice. But in the other, no such sacrifice happened and so only pairs were necessary. This line of reasoning is part of what is known commonly as the documentary hypothesis for the composition of the first five books of Moses. 
while Latter-day Saints need not automatically accept all of the propositions laid out by source edit, ethic, sorry, source critics, scholars who attempt to identify the various sources that went into the books of the Bible. That's what they're defining source critics as. Uh, okay. They should nevertheless be open to the possibility that, much like the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine of Covenants, the Book of Genesis underwent a complete his- history of com- composition and editing. So basically just being like the whole what they always do where there was a lot of people writing and editing it and some different versions and that's natural, but it's still true. (laughs) It's still true, though. Yeah, like I know it's just so funny because it doesn't really to me, it's sort of like a non question. It's like, why does it say in that this part that there were seven and this part there were two? I'm like, well. I don't really care that much about that issue. <laughs> what I care about is how did he get them all? And exactly. How did he they still survive? Not answer yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he he questioned like the animals, but then just talked about how the stories differ, but still doesn't acknowledge the fact that it's literally impossible to have put all the animals <laughs> on the ark. Yeah. Yeah. It's like well, they're all slightly different because they might have been you know two different tellings of the story, but they're they're both based in reality. Don't worry. They're both the same. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, question number three. How does the Joseph Smith translation help us understand the flood? Oh, (laughs) J-Dog. Always being so helpful with his head in the hat. He's so helpful. (laughs) So helpful. Beginning shortly after the founding of the Church of Christ in 1830, the prophet Joseph Smith undertook what he called a, quote, new translation of the Bible that included restoring lost narratives, correcting mistranslated passages, updating the archaic language of the KGV, which is King James Version, and providing prophetic commentary prophetic okay, commentary <laughs> on the important scriptural accounts, commonly called the Joseph Smith Translation (parentheses JST) oh, by God. LDS church members today. Joseph Smith's Mm -hmm. efforts in revising the Bible touched on the story of Noah's flood. For instance, Genesis 6-6 reads, Oh, God. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and to grieve him at heart. End quote. To help avoid possible confusion over the idea that God had to, quote, repent of something, the prophet Joseph Smith rendered this passage to say, quote, And it repented Noah, and his heart was pained that the Lord had made him had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at the heart, end quote. <laughs> this man is boring me. editor now, apparently. He, this, he's not, he's not <laughs> answering anything that's actually, like, a real question. He's just over here, like, stroking J-Dog's wiener. Like, look what he did. He added these extra words. Like, <laughs> And we all know J-Dog's wiener is nothing compared to Satan, so he is nothing. stroking the wrong one. Stroking that wrong wiener. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just to me, I don't really have like much commentary on that because I'm like, you know, Joseph Smith, like, okay, cool. He like looked at the Bible and added a couple extra words or changed something a little bit. But it to me, it means nothing. Girl, it means nothing. And I'm not even going to read the whole next paragraph because it's just a whole bunch of bullshit. It's just him being like, but the prophet made made these changes that clarified the English text. Okay, was Joseph Smith like an editor? Was he a writer? 
did, what the fuck, dude? Was he a scholar in ancient English? Like, middle, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, and what exactly did he clarify? He obviously didn't clarify anything, really, because we still have all these questions when we read the story from the from the church's website, even. Like, exactly. he didn't really clarify how anything worked. Yeah. And I love how the title of this article is like, answers to five difficult questions. These aren't difficult questions. These are just like, it's it's totally clickbait because you think it's going to be like, oh, they're going to debunk these ridiculous uh, stories or like parts of the story and tell us like, actually, there is a valid reason behind it. But in reality, it's questions that no one's really asking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the fourth question was the flood of wait was the flood the baptism of the earth like who's who's asking that who's yeah who's asking that I want to know I want him to answer the question did the flood actually happen I want him to show me that the flood actually happened I don't care if it's like the quote-unquote baptism of the earth I know that's what the church has like taught that like it cleansed the earth of all the wickedness but I'm more concerned with like why you actually think this is a real thing yeah. Oh, let me just read this. I'm not going to do the whole answer. I'm going to do the first part and then the last section because okay. it's just. So beginning with William W. Phelps in 1830, some Latter-day Saint leaders and scriptural commentators have speculated that Noah's flood was a sort of, quote, baptism for the earth. The thinking behind this idea is essentially that the earth is a living entity and so needs the ordinance of baptism to achieve its promised celestialization that they use that word. Um, I'm going to just jump to this last sentence because I think it sums it up perfectly. At this point, we simply don't have enough revealed information about any larger metaphysical truth about the flub to make any definitive claims. (laughs) Well, there you go. That is so cliche of like, at this time, we don't have enough information. You know what, sir? We do have enough information. It didn't happen. Like, we know that for a fact. It didn't happen. But they're over there saying, like, well, God just hasn't revealed yet. It's like, um, uh, okay. okay. (laughs) It's, yeah. Okay. The last and final question. Was the flood a global or local flood? That's a fair question. I'm like, okay, I can get that. Yeah, I want to know what he says. Yeah. Answer. Modern believers are confronted with geological and other scientific evidence, quote, in addition to the ancient literary context of Genesis. Oh, my God. Why so, is he taking Genesis as act? Like, he literally holds it as high as geological evidence. He's over here being like, but you got to take into account what Genesis says. Why? Why would anyone do that? Exactly. <laughs> it's not scientific or factual in any way no yeah um anyways it says they they cast serious doubt on the feasibility of a worldwide catastrophic flood sometime presumably presumably around 3000 bc that wiped out all of the animals in human life save that which was spared on noah's ark in response to these challenges some have wondered if perhaps the flood described in genesis drew from memory of a localized event Perhaps a particularly bad flooding of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Given the somewhat ambiguous meaning of the Hebrew word eretz, I don't know how to pronounce that, which means earth or land, rather than the, quote, earth, meaning the spherical globe, perhaps being entirely flooded, 
Instead, perhaps Shinus is meant to convey that the earth, meaning the land or local region where Noah dwelt, was flooded. Or perhaps a local <laughs> flood was mythologized. I'm so, sorry, hold on. I'm just <laughs> I'm just remembering how like they love to do this. Like the they claim that words don't actually mean what they mean. Like what Genesis meant was it's sort yep. of like when they say translate doesn't actually mean translate. Like then what? Uh, thanks for the gaslighting. Like <laughs> exactly, they just make up shit wherever they want. It's like Joseph Smith can clarify the English slash just change whatever the fuck he wants to, or yeah. just say like, well, let's interpret this to mean this. That's what it says. Yeah, this is what Genesis actually might have meant. Like, but if that's what it might have meant and God was supposedly like in control of this creation of this Bible, why couldn't he have been more clear? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He goes on and says, Latter-day Saints have likewise wrestled with this question and have come to varying conclusions. Some more traditionalists, others more moderate. Apostle John A. Witso acknowledged in 1943 that from a relevatory point of view, we simply do not know enough to conclusively settle this matter. <laughs> Quote, the fact remains that the exact nature of the flood is not known. We set up assumptions based on our best knowledge, but can go no further. Uh, but you don't set up assumptions based on your best knowledge because you're believing a mythical like book over actual scientists. Yeah, it's like, just. This whole article, like, it's so, okay, let me just end, let me just read the conclusion. Okay. And then I'm going to bitch about it for one minute. (laughs) Okay, I'm excited. (laughs) So, while readers may answer these questions differently for themselves, I hope that I have at least provided some worthwhile material to study and some points to consider as we reread the story of Noah in the Old Testament this year in gospel doctrine class and prayerfully search out the rich treasures of knowledge that can be found in this remarkable book of scripture. Okay, here's the thing. This entire article, as I said, it's clickbait because it comes up when you research like Noah's Ark, LDS, and it's like Mm -hmm. five answers to difficult questions. Ah, cool. They're going to actually address some of the logic, like the relevant questions that people actually ask. No, they don't. And they actually try to come across as like scholarly, unbiased, you know, representatives who are going to discuss these actual matters. No, it's all church scholars, which is just mm-hmm. bullshit. So mm-hmm. none of this is valid. And it's like, okay, obviously people who aren't Mormon, if they read this would be like instantly, yeah, this is bullshit because it's not anything that's actual, like credible sources. But those people aren't reading this article. It's Mormons who are reading this and being like, yep, yep that's true. Yep. They, they threw in some quotes. They threw in some, scholars it must be true like this is an academic article that debunks everything (laughs) it's just reinforcing this belief that they have and making them think that there's some sort of academic like justification for it when there's not you take a sip of water because my (laughs) my mouth was super dry and I was getting feisty about the article so I just I I didn't want to take a break to take a sip of water I almost had a Sarah moment. Sarah? <laughs> um, but no, you're you're totally right. And I just I was thinking when you were saying that they're going to be studying this story in like the their scripture studies this year. 
And I'm like, how do these people read this and think that it's real? And even the people who don't, maybe there are, you know, the people who question it and be like, okay, well, maybe it's a metaphor or a blah, blah, blah. But even if it's a metaphor, what is it? It's a metaphor. Exactly. It's like telling you that you need to obey or God will kill you. Like it's yeah. obey or obey or die. And then it just the story is absolutely fucked up. So it's like either way. I mean, it's obviously very much worse to believe that it actually happened when there's evidence that it did it. But to even just think of it as like how he called it like this sacred, holy story of Noah, like even just to think of it that way metaphorically is messed up in my mind. It's, it completely. Yeah, exactly. But there's no there's no good way of twisting the story into something positive. Metaphorically, no. figuratively, literally, it's just a fucked up story. The only good thing about the entire story is that you get to talk about a lot of animals, but then they get killed. So that's fucked up. And then the rainbow, which now I'm all like, as you pointed out, that is taken over by the most amazing community. So fuck you guys. The rainbow is restored and it is used in a much better way. Oh, my God. Much better way. Much better way. Wow. That article was. uh, (laughs) Wasn't it delightful? (laughs) These people really think they're doing something with those. And I. Yeah. Uh, and, and that article wasn't from like 50 years ago. That was published yesterday, just as a reminder. <laughs> published people yesterday. actually think this. I, you know, we say this so many times on the show, but I, this is one of the things that I really can't believe I believed. Like, there's lots of other weird shit, but this one is just one of the most glaringly obvious bullshit stories that I full on yep. believed. Yeah. Yep. Same. Wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. We got through it. Thank you, listeners, for being here, for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And, yeah, we'll be back next week. Have a good one. Well, have a great week, everyone. And uh, stay clear of any floods. Stay clear. Stay clear. (laughs) And of people who who are yelling at you that you're a sinner, just avoid. (laughs) Just avoid them, you know. Just... (laughs) They're probably 600 years old, so don't yeah. fall for the pyramid scheme either. Take don't sign away. up for those MLMs, y'all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye.